Shining a light on government every Wednesday morning, it's Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising is the president and CEO of our watchdog partners at the BGA. And David, good morning. Welcome back to the program. Good morning, Jim. Great to be with you. Well, I want to uh, begin. We, uh, of course, started last week uh, discussing this new partnership that uh, will hopefully shine even more light on some of the darkest recesses of government, this partnership between the BGA and the McCormick Foundation uh, to really uh, establish uh, a greater capacity for investigative journalism here in the state of Illinois. We talked about the framework for this last week, but uh, we, we want to get a little bit more into why some of this is necessary the changing face of journalism, particularly at the state government level. Uh, you and I have both been around long enough to remember extremely crowded state house press rooms where uh, many, many uh, news organizations, both print and broadcast around the state, had bureaus there on a full-time basis. Uh, and so much has changed so dramatically over the last couple of decades. So this is uh, filling a, a real void in uh, the, the public's knowledge of what's happening in state government. Uh, no doubt. I, back in the 1990s, there were typically about 40 people in the state house press room, uh, more or less on a full-time basis, certainly during session. Uh, it, it's down to about one quarter that much right now. And it was even worse at, at earlier. Uh, we've had, in the last couple of years, the establishment of Capital News Illinois, which also is funded by the McCormick Foundation, uh, along with the Illinois Press Foundation. And um, uh, they've, they've at least uh, put boots on the ground covering kind of what we call spot news, the day's events. It's not nearly what we had when all the local major local papers in the state had some sort of presence in Springfield. That is unlikely to be replicated. But what also is missing, even though we have seen the Capital News Illinois move in there, is uh, what we call enterprising and investigative reporting. And that's where the BGA McCormick partnership plans to uh, uh, help uh, make improvements. We plan we plan to have at least one full-time reporter, along with some interns, focused on investigative and enterprising reporting, deeper dives, uh, stories that are uh, take uh, you know anywhere from a couple of weeks to several months to produce. That really dig in behind the uh, kind of quick-moving spot news, and that's what we've seen. Um, uh, really disappear as much as anything uh, is this enterprising coverage that tells you the meaning behind the day's events, and that's what we're uh, seeking to replicate. And David, we touched upon this last week, uh, but uh, because it, it, as you've laid it out here, it bears the asking the question again. Those sorts of deep dives, they take, as you noted, a lot of time. They can be manpower intensive. They don't produce results right away. Uh, Modern day media is a case study in having to feed the beast every day you have to churn out stories churn out content get those clicks and things uh, and these are not the sorts of projects that uh, that lend itself to that so how is that a, a sustainable model in the long term financially uh, to be able to support those sorts of efforts when uh, the finished product may be weeks or potentially even months in the making well uh 
it's it's not a sustainable model for commercial journalism. That's why we've seen the big cutback that we've seen. Uh, for an organization like ours, uh, we have funders. The McCormick Foundation will be uh, the most prominent funder, uh, but other funders who are very interested in this kind of reporting and in this kind of reporting about uh, state uh, news, state government news in particular. And uh, we have to develop over time uh, our own earned revenue that will help us uh, not be completely reliant on philanthropy. But at this point, philanthropy is uh, now, thankfully, going to provide enough resources for us to rebuild what has been decimated by the breakdown of the business model in journalism. It's an important project. We're eager to see the results. We've already seen uh, the, the benefits of this type of investigative journalism the BGA has been able to do under its own auspices. Uh, and uh, we've talked about these, of course, over the course of this year. But to uh, point people again to a couple of those uh, major uh, stories that you have been uh, diving into, you can still go and read all about it at the BGA's website. Yeah, just as a couple of examples, we, uh, we've very recently done a deep dive in, into the uh, Med Medicare system in the state in, in terms of uh, what is, uh, I'm sorry, Medicaid, I should say, um, system in the state uh, in terms of uh, conflicts of interest, for example, in the uh, operation of the state system for uh, reimbursement to the hospitals, the fact that um, uh, some uh, a number of former insurance company executives are very influential in the state's policies as regards Medicaid repayments. We also took a, a deep look at the, uh, the hack of uh, the state attorney general's office. Uh, our reporting discovered that uh, uh, $2.5 million has been sent, spent trying to recover from that breach, and there still are problems and some of the other steps that Kwame Rio, the attorney general, has taken to try to fix that breach. The fact that he had weeks of warning before the actual breach happened from the auditor general's office. So uh, that's the kind of thing that where we as reporters take a step back from, uh, say, in the example, the Raul example, the news of the hack of the AG's office. There's a lot more to be told in that story than just the AG's office was hacked and the BGA routinely goes and takes a look, uh, takes the time that it takes and the exacting reporting it requires uh, to tell us what really happened there, what the cost to taxpayers is, and what the exposure uh, is for individuals across the state when the attorney general's office is hacked. You'll definitely want to go check out the BGA website, read up on those past stories, and be looking for the future product emerging from this new partnership with the McCormick Foundation, as we'll be watching that unfold in the weeks and months ahead. Uh, the BGA website, also a great resource in other ways, including databases that uh, can give you more insight into how your dollars are spent. Uh, and David, recently updated is something the BGA has maintained there for a long time. It's an, a public employee salary database. <laughs> yes, this is our biggest traffic driver on our website. People want to know what their public employees are being paid, both what, say, their neighbor who works for the government might be getting paid, as well as what uh, various offices in the government, uh, uh, what their compensation levels are, are taxpayers getting bang for their buck from what they're spending in putting people to work, both not just at the state level, but also at the very local level. Uh, it takes a lot of effort for us to pull this together, more than almost a thousand Freedom of Information Act requests. And when that information comes through, uh, it's often in forms that don't 
fit uh, our needs in building a database like this. It comes in the form of PDFs instead of electronic files, for example, or uh, uh, categories of information are in odd places that don't really fit what it takes to build a database that can cover 509,754 state, municipal, school, and government employees. So this this takes weeks and months for us to put this together. We just launched a, a, the, the latest update last week, which has uh, the 2019 data, the most recent data available. And uh, we've seen huge traffic for this already. And this is something that is a traffic creator. People have an interest in this on an ongoing basis throughout the year. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very uh, interesting from a big picture view, but also if you're just kind of curious what your neighbor makes and the, the nice job they've got with the state, yeah, you know, it's public record. You can find it out. So you can go check that out at bettergov.org. Time is flying on today's edition of Full Disclosure with David Grising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association. A couple more stories we want to hit real quickly. Uh, David, we uh, learned earlier this week that uh, one of the uh, top Democratic lawmakers in the Illinois House, the majority leader, Greg Harris, uh, will finish out his current term but will not run for re-election next year. Now, uh, Greg Harris, uh, well known as a trailblazer, the first uh, openly gay member of legislative leadership here in Illinois, but also has uh, played a very pivotal role as one of the lead budget negotiators, and he will continue in that role in the upcoming legislative session. Uh, we had the chance to talk to him earlier this week, and he touts that the progress that's been made over the last couple of years in trying to stabilize Illinois' finances. What does his departure mean in terms of, of Illinois and its budgeting and its fiscal um, steps that need to be taken still? Well, that, that's that's the real question here, and uh, we're fortunate in the timing, in a sense, in that this year is a really key budgeting year um, because it, the uh, process is going to be very um, compl complicated by the fact that so much federal money is expected to come in via the um, uh, federal infrastructure program, and uh, that will uh, how that money is spent, where it's budgeted, how it's allocated, et cetera is going to be a complicated matter and expertise by somebody like Greg Harris, who has uh, worked on these issues for years, uh, will be very beneficial. He's announcing his retirement, but that's, uh, that is that he won't run in the 2022 election. So he will be here for this budget season. Uh, and he has a lot of expertise to share and to pass on in the time that he is still here. Uh, he's got he's got a lot of experience having through, been through, for example, uh, the Bruce Rodner situation where we spent a year without 18 months without a budget and and so um, uh, and there also will be time for people to step in and uh, learn from his expertise before he moves on yeah no question uh, sometimes we are d a bit dismissive of uh, legislative expertise and longevity but uh, knowing your way around the process can definitely be an asset and as you noted a particularly critical when we have so much money potentially on the table for essential needs here in Illinois and Illinois is trying to to, uh, to grab uh, whatever it can of those infrastructure dollars from that trillion-dollar-plus package that was uh, approved and signed by President Biden a, a couple of weeks back. Uh, this has some real ramifications for Springfield in terms of railroad relocation, also some of our uh, lead water pipes here locally. Uh, and um, the Illinois seems like it would be fairly well-positioned with a Democratic governor, two Democratic senators, to be able to, uh, to take real advantage of this. 
Well, in fact, Senator Durbin uh, hosted a meeting last night in Washington at which Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago uh, was there along with the rest of the Illinois congressional delegation. And it appears that Illinois is doing a good job of putting itself uh, forward. Uh, we have a particular expertise when it comes to transportation spending, given that uh, so many uh, rail lines cross in Illinois. And of course, we've had a ton of uh, highway spending. And we also have uh, an advantage in that we have a, the $45 billion infrastructure program that Governor J.B. Pritzker pushed through during his first year in, in office. And that uh, uh, there's a big uh, interest in what they call shovel-ready projects. And there's a lot of them now because of uh, the the timing of the fact that the infrastructure program is there. So as you said, the Springfield uh, uh, relocation is going to be one that to be watched very carefully. Illinois has more lead water uh, delivery, uh, lead water pipes delivering, um, lead pipes delivering water to houses in, in the state than any other state in the union. And so we can expect spending on that as well. That's a big priority in the federal program. So getting as much as possible, That's this is what happens when you, the federal government says we're ready to spend a, a trillion dollars. Some of that money is competitive. In other words, you have to be able to go and beat out other states for that money. And the fact that Illinois has this infrastructure program in place may be giving us a slight advantage over some other states that weren't quite as ready.